Hey, greetings fellow slingers, it's your trusted handler Brian, welcoming you once again to another episode of our Convergence Run-Through, only this time, episode 17, our After Action Report. You know us, every time we run a scenario, gotta have an AAR on the back end. Kind of give you guys an idea of what the players and your trusted handler were thinking about while they were running it, kind of peel the onion back so you guys could see what was going on through their minds, what was going on through the NPCs that were and were not in the AP, and, and how the whole thing kind of just developed. So I want to remind everybody before we begin to please subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're at Roll the Hard 20. Click that subscribe bell and, and hit the little notifications so you never miss when we drop one, just like we're dropping this one right now. And please leave us that five-star rating and review on whatever podcast app you listen to this show on. You know what? That's about it. So let's just warm up our dice and top off our glass as we roll the Hard 20 podcast presents episode 17 of our Convergence Run-Through, the After Action Report. So how's everyone doing this fine doing well fine fantastic i mean still still recovering from some sanity but you know we're we're doing all tell me about it (laughs) you guys are doing all right so we have let me leave this in as we begin our after action report greetings fellow slingers welcome back to roll the hard 20 podcast it is i your trusted handler brian and with me my hard slingers of yore can yeah. I play with madness? There we go. <laughs> Convergence, episode 17, the after action report. So this was a tough one. <laughs> you know, before we begin peeling the onion, that is this scenario convergence. Let's start off by saying that this scenario, although it does have some redeeming aspects, can be a little confusing in its execution. So much that I had to truncate it from its original format to make more user-friendly material out of it. And I think anybody that's actually following along in a book can see what was cut out or what was added in. And I know that we did a lot of communicating via Discord and text and talking on the back end and stuff of kind of figuring out which way to go at times. And, you know, I we finally got there. We finally got through to the home stretch run it through um so before we start breaking it down i just want to go around the digital rage room and ask each of you what your thoughts were about the ap and i'm just going to go in my circle so i got sammy tell me what you what you thought of the ap uh for me it was a little bit too long now whether that's the ap itself i haven't looked at the book so i don't know but it, it took us a very long time. It seemed like there were a lot of things to check out. And we didn't even check out uh, certain doctors that we were supposed to talk to and things like that. And, and I don't know if that's because we were dilly-dallying or there was just so many other things to do. There was, everyone's already watched it. So if you haven't, go watch it because there's spoilers. You know, there was the reservoir. There was the problem with the water. There was uh, UFO alien type lights. There was cattle decapitation that's a actually metal band sorry there were cattle eviscerations <laughs> and crop circles and all kinds of uh crazy things going on there was the spivey who was the kid that went crazy and you know did all that there were so many things to 
wrap around or, or to wrap our head around. And we kind of just had to go like, okay, well, what are the main threads, all this other stuff? If we were just hanging out for an you know, infinite amount of time, we could have explored all that. But, you know, doing this for a show to keep it entertaining, we don't want to have 40-something, 50-something episodes. That just is kind of hard for people to get into, especially if they're just starting to, you know, listen to this stuff. But well, it, it was just a little too expansive, in my opinion. And just to touch base on one, th one of the things you mentioned, the doctors that you were going to go and talk to and everything, they're mentioned just as doctors in the AP. They're not flushed out. There's no names behind them or anything. You know, it says that Jane Allen had gone to the doctor and it says that Billy Ray Spivey had gone to the doctor. They're obviously two different doctors. you got a family practitioner who I, I think I put down as Patel. The other guy was Oba Chrisith, who's the OBGYN. And I had to flush out those individuals in case you wanted to talk to them. So even though they hang those hooks in front of you, they, uh, they're not really in the AP. It's left at the handler's discretion to, to flesh that those things out. <laughs> yeah. Chris. Okay, hey, we go to the doctor. Ah, they're closed. Okay, cool. Let's yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I think Oba, Oba Chrisith was on um, 1701 uh, North Enterprise Avenue, Suite D. You know, like 1701 is the name of the USS Enterprise on Star Trek. Wow. And I just thought of Next Generation, so I put it as Suite D. And Sweet D is a character from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. There you go. See, there you go. <laughs> Stitching it up. Chris, what'd you think? How, what was your thought on this? Thoughts, um, I should say. I, I share a lot of the same thoughts that Sam has. I struggled with the AP. I will say that I think sometimes our episodes go long because we as players or agents, you know, we want to be, and I know I'm guilty of this, of like asking lots of questions about, you know, what we're doing in that area, like looking under the bed, look in the closet, lift, you know, I'm going, I'm thinking like an investigator, right? So I think we have, part of it's our own fault, but it seemed- It's your fault, personally. I'll take it. Well, we <laughs> I know you take thorough. it. No. <laughs> yeah, so I, um, it did seem like um, we had all of these threads that we could have pulled on, but it didn't seem, like super cohesive to me but and, again that's just that's just my opinion i mean others may feel differently well as written and i'll touch on this base with yours as written this ap is kind of all over the place you know it takes place in a whole town but for fuck's sake the layout of this book it, it really could have been better they have different things all over as far as the organization of the book is concerned and i think that a lot of people jumped on the bandwagon of running this ap like all the different shows or on youtube or whatever because it was new but it wasn't it was the first ap that came out when delta green was originally released in the late 90s and now it's been released to the modern rules set and so i think everybody wanted to jump on this classic and i i think it could have been organized a little bit better I don't think it's a bad AP. I think it has some really good qualities to it. Uh, I think it's it's trying to keep it going downrange is the hardest part, especially when you've got so many agents or you have such a large field of operation, such as Groversville. It's a whole fucking town. So, yeah, and I I think one thing that I struggled with is you know the sheriff was like up our ass, you know the whole front end of the AP. Raw so, dog. 
Yeah. So we're literally like trying to like find ways to like not encounter this guy and work in the shadows. And I didn't like that always hanging over our head of like, well, how do we, you know, how do we, you know, skirt this guy through town so that we're not seen? I, I didn't like that aspect. Well, I think that was precipitated off of Adesso's initial reaction when he walked in into the sheriff's office because he's not flushed out <laughs> at all either. And it was it, it was the way that he would have came across had another entity came in and started pissing on their turf. So that that's yeah. what led to that. Plus, Sheriff his Oakley. son was one of... I think I want to kill him. Yeah. His son was one of Billy Ray's friends. Um, and I'll get into that in a, in a bit, too, as we go through this. Junior, what'd you think? For not reading the AP, so I don't know what was actually in it, but other than it going what felt a little long, I think you did a good job on the characters i don't know whether they were original characters that were in the ap or not but i think we had a good time especially even when todd disappeared on us and was hiding <laughs> in the closet like <laughs> you know like there was he finally came out of the closet it just took you two to <laughs> surprise <laughs> well i'll go into all of the um all the homebrew npcs as we go through this too because i want to i want to touch base on some of those because i i really enjoyed portraying them but uh, so you thought it went a little longer than it, it should have. And I think we all kind of thought that. And it was and we did truncate it quite a bit, too. Yeah. Once so we it, started going on the path that we should have been, it, it started, you know, things started getting off the rails. Like, you know, our our decisions on stuff was just like, well, we're here to contain and eliminate. So. That is what we're doing. And, and I'm all out of contain. <laughs> and I'm all out of contain. So, you know, Derringer, we need another crew. Your your crew, you know, sucked. We need another one. Get another another set of plumbers out here ASAP. But uh, Tone, what was your thought on this? Well, I don't want to repeat what anybody else said, but the the IP or the AP could have been more focused. If you're going with aliens, go with aliens. If you're going with purple ooze in the sewers stick with purple ooze in the sewers if you're going with enhanced human beings doing weird things then stick with that this ap had everything in it it's like okay yeah at the end they all tied it together but not really it was just a convenient place to dump it yeah the aliens and the purple ooze and and the fact that they were you know infecting people or was because the aliens were infecting people with purple ooze like okay but any one of these things would have been enough for an episode it didn't need to go as long as it did but yeah, it, yeah i think you made it fun by some of the stuff that was in there because there was a lot to go over i mean just too much i mean i guess if you yeah. were paying very strictly by the rules there would have been sanity checks every five minutes for every single time you encountered something and Seemed it would like break it for me play- <laughs> pardon yeah seems like it for me <laughs> yeah and it would break players that weren't experienced or had a had come into the to the ap let's just say a little late or their their experience their parent their player characters were already experienced they'd already lost some sanity hadn't got it back yet you're going to lose characters and because this had a lot a lot in there to uh do and odessa was, was was hanging on a thread by by the end of the AP. yeah yeah so it was my first, character he was two points action. away from his breaking boom <laughs> well i 
the whole thing revolves around the aliens that have come down to Groversville. They started abducting people, the cattle and whatnot, and they were actually being allowed to do so by this covert military unit, which is what Lupus was part of. Or he was, he was in the understanding of it. And of course, they were abducting people. They were changing out their body parts and whatnot. And they were making them like super soldiers. But then they were also infecting the water supply so that everybody was somewhat tainted with it. But it was different than the, than the proto-matter. It, it wasn't, didn't really specify what was the difference. So I took the liberty of saying, well, everybody has this, this taint in them. Shut up, Sammy. <laughs> but in order for them to be grafted with the proto-matter, they would be abducted. And that's that's what happened to Billy Ray Spivey, which got the ball rolling. That's what happened with um, Sarah Harbour. That's what happened with Jane Allen. That's what was going to happen to Karen Cola. And that's what you saw in the process of happening to Agent Alpha. Now, I know that listeners of the show may or may not notice unless they're following along. But what stood out to me was the lack of depth with the NPCs. And that's that's where we start getting people like Joe and Amy Krista, which are actually in the AP, uh, but they're not fleshed out. They're just three names, Joe, Amy, Krista. And they are relatives of Angel Spivey. But I wanted to to flesh them out and I thought it was kind of cool, like when you guys started investigating the Spivey residence to have Krista be part of law enforcement. You know, he's coming down the hallway with you each, you know, with the gun out and shit like that. And, you know, have start flushing out the, the relationship between you two as you guys are talking about whether or not Brad Wesley was the true hero of Roadhouse or not. <laughs> you know, because <laughs> I think it was be. Jimmy. Jimmy, um, you're a bleeder, tiny. Uh, Sarah Harbor. You know they 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 specify in the AP that Merle's shut eye is really the only place that the agents can stay, but they don't give any information on what the place looks like. They don't give any information on who's working there, or whatever. Sarah Harbor. You know, so of course she knows that Scott Allen had rented two rooms. She doesn't know that, or what is it? Scott Adams. Oh, I'm sorry, rented two rooms doesn't know that there's another person in his other room but she was just told to keep it mellow and not say anything so what more than to make her kind of like in the know that she's watching that this woman is con gonna conceive this baby so she's keeping tabs on them for the aliens like she's about ready to pop she's about ready to pop now we take her yo so uh, here's my big question that i've been wondering the entire ap so jane allen who is the father like did spivey impregnate her or yes. was she impregnated by the aliens to have this alien baby it says in the ap that she was impregnated by billy ray spivey and after then, he was abducted and uh, was infused with before he was before he was because no like they they had had coitus before he was taken and then two weeks later he was taken and then he was never the same after that because like the next day he killed his father and went on the run and they took him down um but, but after they had taken her and found out she was pregnant they act they says in the book that they removed all of her internal organs and everything and then 
put the baby back up inside her in the in the purple proto matter uterus and stuff like that i just had to go a different direction where she was already pregnant and then she was taken while she was pregnant and they morphed the the fetus that was what i did with it okay so because I, I was thinking that either spivey was already abducted and they met up and had intercourse and that's how the mutant baby started I, I I was wondering how it was, how it was inside of her to begin with. He impregnated her, and she got pregnant. And when she was abducted, and they started doing their little fucking experiments. summer sausage experiments with her, it started morphing this this fetus and making it grow rapidly. And then they're like, "Well, we'll just keep an eye on this, and when it's born, <laughs> we're gonna have us a you know one hell of a house trained, <laughs> six armed, mandible using." <laughs> whatever the hell this thing was junior did your parents not tell you how babies are made uh you know something about birds but i i just don't get what <laughs> yeah, well, the birds stork, and bees yeah. have to do with anything well you yeah, see i know about the stork but where's the bees come in <laughs> yeah <laughs> you got the gray alien goes to the purple proto matter and sticks this silver probe in it <laughs> so Ryder, i did not even get that this was being watched by the government and they were allowing all this to happen that never even factored into my head and this is some of the that stuff that that didn't factor in at all for me like i didn't it, catch that well it touches base in two areas one is at the beginning for only the handler to read and to know that you know the government is allowing all these experiments oh. to go on in the town they're tapping the phones they're doing this that and then at the end lupus shows up with his helicopter and his men and they form a circle and they they basically say stand down or whatever and they take the weapons and they they tell you basically shut up and you're on the watch list now. And he runs some a real small dialogue about them knowing what's going on. And that's really it. So it's like as the handler, you know that they're, they're doing this stuff. But a lot of that stuff doesn't really ever get an opportunity to come out. It's, that's why some of the published APs, they front load it with a lot of information that will never make it out. Like even in Sweetness, they did a lot of stuff with... Uh, the woman that had the the storage unit and stuff and what she had gone through and everything but you really can't put that in the ap because there's no dialogue to have for that right it'd be like no me just, dump. yeah it, it, it'd be like me giving you the dump and and that just doesn't work you give me the dumps all the time baby yeah <laughs> you know that's why you got to have an npc that's almost chaotic neutral that could give this information to you for Maybe a nefarious reason, maybe selfish, maybe ambiguous, like Gretna Green. Yeah, you know, um, looking back at it, you were saying that this was the, like one of their first things they published in the 90s and they kind of retrofitted it for now? Yes. So I can see, well, that's, that's a thing that we all as creative types suffer from. Like our first things that we do, we want it to have everything. You know, it's got the aliens, it's got the time travel, it's got ninjas and, you know, dinosaurs and barbarians and all this stuff. So maybe this this whole town of Groversville, there's a three-season Netflix show right there, you know, Groversville. And you'd have three seasons of 13 episodes each going through all this stuff where the, the, the watcher can find all this stuff and eventually have this thing. But we, you know, we finished it in what? This is number 17, so it doesn't count. So 16 episodes? Yeah. So we kind of had to f go through all this this 
huge like lore dump and all this stuff in this small amount of time. We didn't really get to check out everything we'd want to where normally it would start out like we're there for all the weird stuff happening and then this spivey thing happens and now that's the new thing and we move on to that and now we find like oh you go you know you know what i mean like and, and then jane allen gets uh gets introduced and all that and then but we kind of crammed it all into a shorter set list uh which felt long for us because we're used to seven episodes eight episodes maybe you know for delta green but yeah a more rapid fire like looking but- at it now though I, I had a fun time. There were so many memorable moments in this thing. You know, the the agents finding Todd hiding in the closet, the friggin' reemergence of uh, Sarah Harbor, you know, guest specialist. Uh, <laughs> all these things were just, you know, poor Adesso getting taken out in like the first 10 minutes of episode one by a friggin' purple baseball, you know. Um, there were so many cool things that happened. It's just over the extended amount of time, you kind of got lost in the middle of that. And that's very similar to TV shows where it's like, oh, it's 13 episodes. It could have been 10. Well, I I would say if you maintain the same level of energy each episode as we go into it and and finish it, and then you come back next week and do it again. As a listener who would listen to it six months from now, you wouldn't even know the difference because they could shotgun through two or three episodes in a day or, or in a weekend and maintain that continuity that is difficult yeah, to maintain. Yeah, they could binge it, which is difficult to maintain that continuity week in and week out because that's that's what we're forced to do. We're forced to re-listen to the, the previous episode or play the, the summary, which is what I try to do. I try to get everybody back up to speed at, right away at the beginning of each episode just so that, you know, you... you turn the treadmill on you ramp it up to 50 and you start running in place really fast and then you jump on it it's hard to get up to that speed that you just left off seven days previously so in order to maintain that level of energy that's why i I bring about other npcs that kind of have the flavor like todd allen he's not in the ap they mentioned that her father is part of the aldermen who are a group of individuals that run the town which you guys never ever met never even got to that nope merle barn was part of that too um but they don't even mention his name so i thought it'd be kind of cool to have uh him and jane allen's mother jamie living in this double wide and i always try to pick locales that i've been to or know from my life not me personally living in there but i had a friend (laughs) that, that lived in a in a double wide um in Elsner years ago. And so when I'd visit him every once in a while, that is his house, the chain link fence, the neighbors that are far enough apart, but yet still too close, the dirt roads, you know, the, the whole layout of that place is his place, minus the pit bull. So <laughs> putting that together, it was easy for me to, to imagine where you guys were going, but yeah, they don't flush out the, the parents really. I think they said that her mom was was so infused with the proto matter that she was out of it. Like she Mm -hmm. didn't have a a knowledge of her husband having been gone for weeks on end back at the office. So I think another uh, contribution to the extent of episodes that we did is because we did end up splitting two agents to different locations. So we were going from, you know, two agents at one location and then following up with two other agents at another location. And 
you know, we're we're going back and forth, which probably extended the amount of episodes that we ended up having do, to do. But I think that those episodes were the highlight of it, though, is, is going back and forth between you guys. Because I think it's... Uh, it's like when they do those those camera tricks in movies and stuff. They're like, they're following the agents and they go through the door and then the camera picks them up on the other side, only it's the other two agents going through and checking this yeah. and that. It worked really well with Under a Pale Moon. I think it worked really well with this one too. Yeah, you know, I like when you do that. It's like, and Ichi, you're, okay, the monster attacks and he hits you with a critical hit. Rice, what are you guys doing? Agent Rice, you bastard. I I think we did that with Todd standing there in the hall or in the closet. And then we cut to the other people. And then, but I I like doing that because it it heightens you up and you're like, yeah. And then you got to pause and you're like, you're holding that like a rev, like blue balls. You know, how long can you hold it for? But yeah, we put in the cleanup teams. Obviously, those were because of Odesso. He was he was literally the one that brought that about. Because leaving Scott Adams in his room, that was one thing. You guys knew that Jane Allen was in the other one. You knew that you had to deal with Karen Cole's girlfriend, and you had these bags of balls. But the sheriff showed up, and Odesso was was given the green light to to fix the problem. And I think that's what brought the whole thing full circle with that was that he had been on your ass mostly. I think it, he, Sheriff Oakley probably would have died off on you had you not gone to his son and questioned him, which incidentally the, the friends, they just said that Spivey's friends would know that he would go to the reservoir at times. Yeah, I guess so you got to go kill the son now. That That's all it says <laughs> about <laughs> his friends. It, it says nothing else about Leave Spivey's lips friends. Leave so lips we, alone. <laughs> yeah, so we put Spivey's friends in there. You know, we've got Lenny Hooker Oakley, we've got Jimmy Wren and Mitch the Lips Atkins. Those are those are all homebrew individuals. So but because you you spoke to Oakley's kid and, and were bracing him kind of, that had crossed the line. And then Coldwell taken off from him from the roadside stop, that didn't help out. So. I had to pull rank, man. <laughs> <laughs> but dude, I gotta we had ask. to get another cleanup team too, because there were the two vans, and it's like, hey, can you send another van to clean up? The yeah, two yeah, because those other guys were had been scratched by by Sarah Harbor, and so they started doing the the morph, you know, the thing morph, like or or, or you know, you could tell that they're infected at this point. But Tone, I gotta ask the thoughts on taking out the sheriff. <laughs> well, that was, I was thinking about it. Okay, what are we going to do with him? We can't recruit him to our side because he's a problem. And if he sees what's going on, he's going to be part of the of the problem. So, got to take him out. I didn't see any alternative given the way that we were, we our mission was. There wasn't any choice. It's like we tried to reason with him, tried to get him to go away, tried to use bureaucratic things to get rid of him. And then Derringer's like, yeah, man, take him out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Got to do it. I don't think he said take him out. I think he said handle it. Yeah, he said handle it. But what is, what else would that mean? Hey, man, he gave me the wink. All right, <laughs> he gave me the nod. He gave he me the nodded. nod. He nodded. Yeah, I still um, think we could have uh, flim flammed the sheriff out of there, or 
or turned him on to the not turned him on, but you know what I mean, like directed him towards <laughs> the Scott Adams, David Allen, Scott Cole, whatever guy's name is, in the bathtub, and they could have came down on all that and focused on that sort of shit. But they probably would have investigated and found the other rooms too. So it's probably again the well, cleanest how would we have gotten away from them. And remember, the guy had his head blown open because the proto matter came out of it. How do you explain that? Hey, there was a shotgun in the bathtub. We would have right. had to plant one. Yeah. <laughs> his shotgun. Take off his shoes. We had a shotgun. <laughs> yeah, we had a shoes. shotgun in the sheriff's car. Hey, sheriff, how'd your shotgun get in here? Well, I remember that episode because you had spent a few minutes going back and forth how you were going to lay this out, how you were going to do this. And I, I had cut it out and put it on the back end of the episode so the listeners wouldn't know. I mean, they could probably make the assumption of what was going to happen, but I wanted to put your thought process on how you came to this conclusion on the back end so that they could listen to it and say, oh, that's how, that's the internal monologue that these guys have. And it's amazing that you go straight to that. Just, yeah, we'll just kill him. That's what Tony goes through going through the drive through dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was, you had Scott Adams, he dies, but he's got a girl tied up in the other room who's pregnant and who looks like she's 10 months pregnant and she's infected with something you got sarah harbour who disappears but had problems and then comes back i mean how could that have been contained locally i, I even before we knew that harbour came back even before we found the, the pregnant girl we knew what was going on and we knew harbour ran away we knew we had problems with her there was no way this could be locally contained we let him in he, he just makes the problem worse because then he goes to his deputies and he starts recruiting them in for investigatorial purposes. Now he starts creating official records. It becomes a big problem. So this was the fastest way to solve it, which unfortunately led to his death, but there was just no other way to do it, at least the way I saw. Well, what did I think had about that? I had a feeling that you were going to eventually come to that point. You just, I, I know that you're, Odesso is a very direct individual. He took out that one individual in sweetness you you've done a lot of other things in some of the other scenarios that we played but one of the things that that sam and i were talking about the other night is that the the and i think chris you and i were talking about too is that the more you you do these things the more you start becoming um yeah you can become inured to violence and yeah you become adapted to, to it you're almost dead behind the eyes where if nothing starts affecting you you've you've gotten so low eventually you get to the point where you become adapted to it but then you're just like a dead machine at that point and then at that point are you just you don't even listen to a conversation with somebody that you have in private without just shooting them you know it's all that starts getting I read what happens well I read if you can become adapted to violence or you can become adapted to helplessness right if you become adapted to violence what happens is you always pass your violence checks or your your sanity checks related to violence but you burn your charisma modifier against each one of your bonds. Yes. And that that, that starts That's leading huge, to right? You basically become that loner person that now you can't regain your sanity because you have no bonds left to burn. You're just you're nuts. Well you eventually you become that guy, you know, the old man at the top of the hill that no one talks to, that his family's won't his family doesn't talk to. And what you become Sounds like heaven. Yeah, and you have no <laughs> you have no bonds other than the agents yeah. you've worked with. Right. So you become that paranoid loner who right. thinks everybody's against them because you burned everybody in the process. 
Right. So. You can't trust anybody else. You can't trust anyone who hasn't been on a mission with them because he knows they're good. But anybody else, no, you're suspect. You're a problem. I may have. I don't, know, man. I don't want to talk to anybody because I may have to clean you. <laughs> I'm on Odessa's side now. <laughs> now, one, one of the things I wanted to yeah. touch base on that uh, as we shift gears through this is that uh, one of the things that really bothered me about this scenario uh, was it wanted the handler to have the aliens slash Migo entities take one of the agents, basically abduct the agent and have that agent heavily modified with protomatter, having all the insides replaced and everything and then return this agent back into play. And you're supposed to take the agent or the player off to the side and say, hey, this is what we're going to do and this and that. But, you know, I'd, like I said before, I've never been a big fan of doppelgangers and parties during the D&D era. That always leads to the death of the character. So uh, I think this is the same path because you're basically writing off that character and you take the agency out of the player's hands for using that character you know they're yeah. doing this off air or off screen nobody sees it happen you're just supposed to say okay you know you play along with this and i've never liked that i think that's that's yeah. it could be cool though i do like the idea of say if adesso or whoever got abducted and returns and he's fully aware of what's happening and he has to be like in the movies when people have like a wire and they're talking to the guy about so did you uh, shoot the sheriff and he slides on the paper that says don't say anything to incriminate yourself like it <laughs> could be kind of fun that way because then he could have special features and this and that like I like the idea of with Coldwell with uh, with the alien kind of lingering in his head and Ichi with like that spirit of that you know the, the wound of the like the werewolf is still fucking with his brain and shit like I like those kind of superpower extraterrestrial things we're we're starting to play with you know it's not affecting the game but it really makes the story fun especially to play it yeah, well everybody's starting to take on these manifest these kind of disorders what were you gonna say junior i was gonna say even to play off of that that'd be kind of interesting because say whoever got infected and returned back to us would they expose themselves in any way or would this be like off screen yes. where where if we get in a bind, they would take them out, but they'd be like, oh, go check the other room, you know? And then all of a sudden, you know, he takes out three guys and he's all like, yep, this room's clear. And like, just, you know, clicks his gun or something. And it's like, in reality, he ended up using that proto matter to like disable the, the other agents or the other bad guys. Like the thing, but, right? John yeah, Carpenter's like he has, the thing. Uh, he has, he has to yeah. like hide his like true identity, but he's still using it to like, help the agency but the character's longevity only lasts until the end of this ap because all of his intestines and everything have been removed and replaced with the protomatter if the protomatter isn't dealt with in within a certain amount of time it'll kill off the people on groversville that's what it says in the oh, ap we didn't right. really well, do that, that like but but when you guys annihilated the protomatter mass in the barn it made everything else dormant, meaning that all of his pseudo too, right? lungs and stuff are done. So everybody that had that, let's like when uh, Derringer would say, hey, you know, Spivey just died because the majority of his body was protomatter. So had they had taken somebody and swapped all that shit out, that's the end of the character. 
that character now has 16 episodes of life to them and that's it mm -hmm. so which is really in, in line with the way delta green was written you always go insane there comes a point where your character reaches the pinnacle of his abilities and is no longer usable and that could still be a reality as you become adapted to violence or helplessness and you start burning those bonds and you start having problems other type of sanity loss you know sanity can be taken from other instances besides violence and then who are you going to burn whose bonds are you going to burn you don't have any more bonds so it just becomes a long inevitable slide into insanity which is i guess the way the ip was supposed to go or not, well, not this particular ip but that's the way that delta green call cthulhu was written there's no way out you have to recycle characters or not recycle them you have to change characters yeah well we take some liberties with with some of the rules That's too no to fun. enable our characters to keep having their their longevity and uh what were you gonna say though sammy no i was gonna well for this part it's like i don't i don't want to play a tabletop game where i assume the role of whatever the tabletop piece is and then at the end of the game i put it away and play another one like that's that's fine for a tabletop game but for an rpg game it's like i don't want to be making characters every three or four episodes you know no. it's like how how am i supposed if, if we're not role playing if i'm just playing you know thread the fighter okay great he dies i make thread two you know the fighter right. part two you know but for this Sports we're trying to two. make agents and have yeah. yeah if we have bonds and stuff like that like you know we need to Play that play that up yeah you don't want to play off stats you want to play off personality right otherwise we could simply play every ip with the pre-generated characters and never worry about it again yeah and that's great for a one night one off and we're all hanging out at a cabin or playing or something like that just to do something but because we're putting on a show we want the listeners to be invested in the characters as well we want when the character's having a problem oh you know oh shit, is this guy gonna make it through you know he's only got a few hit points you can't put him on the front line you guys are like no odessa stay back one more hit and you're gonna fucking be dead as opposed to yeah you know you fucking took that thing out that's awesome you know get sarah harbor kill that broad yeah i thought it would make it makes for better makes for a better program with longevity and history because you can play off what's gone before yes this character has seen this before therefore they can make an educated guess to the next step follow the, the breadcrumbs so to speak by going oh wait these breadcrumbs don't lead anywhere but these breadcrumbs do and how do you do that without making it sound like your character has plot armor well it's based on the history this agent has done things before he's encountered this type of stuff before there's a basis and knowledge and an expertise base to draw from you know and the characters can resonate against one another as to hey why would why would each go left why would rice go right well it's because these guys have dealt with one another before and they can anticipate some moves and there's a history and a repertoire between them that'll enable them to work as a team versus yeah we're all brand new yet everyone's working like a world oil machine how is that possible without it sounding too contrived yeah, everybody got real quiet <laughs> no i was i'm listening to what you're saying i mean that means i like what you're I saying i thought i froze up <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's why I think the Delta Green whole bond and the sanity thing, I get that, but I would have liked to have seen, or possibly there can be a modification where you can do something other than besides burn bonds, other than make this person simply a tragic hero. But unless they're living out that cliche, which is, you know, die as a hero or live long enough to become the villain. 
which in this scenario sounds inevitably plausible because like we're talking about the, with um, all the characters becoming obsessive about some reason they could do something bad. They start, in essence, they become the mission. This one agent who's now gotten to the point where he's seen too much. He didn't die a hero, but now he's lived long enough to become the villain because now he's dangerous because of what he knows and the things that he could do. And he's now gone off and seen too much and decided that, oh my gosh, I put together these four things based upon these missions. And there's another threat that nobody knows about that I can go and only me, only I can stop this. And now it's like, whoa, you took that the wrong way. You're not bringing, you're not putting an end. You're bringing a beginning. You're doing the exact opposite of what you're thinking because you don't have these other four pieces and they're too in, invested in their own paranoia to see it. So I've seen other actual play podcasts that had longevity of characters that run through one season to another, to another. And I think that's kind of cool because when they finish one season and it comes to a culmination, you're like, okay, that, that was a really good ending or, you know, that could have been better or whatever. When you see them kick up the next season and those characters are back, you're like happy that they're back. You get a, an excitement like, fuck yeah, you know, been a long time since I heard that guy's voice or went the distance with this particular character. I think people want to see that. They want to have that familiarity with them where they're walking in those shoes alongside them. So, Well, there's a reason that the James Bond movies keep doing well. People want to see James Bond. They want to see continuing characters. That's why TV series do well. They want to see these characters come back and do something else. So, Well, it's just a different style of gameplay. Now, if I stick around long enough to become the villain, that's fantastic because what's better for the story? A hero that never sways? No. A hero that becomes a villain and then there's a redemption arc and then has something that happened that you know he becomes the hero again. Like, cool, that's great. And then Maybe if he stays he long enough, he can become the villain again. Overall... <laughs> evil and sacrifices himself taking out the evil and there's his redemption arc or whatnot but I, I like the the system that they've created i would like to see a few other skills and i think we're going to work on a few of those for our own homebrew rules to try to make some checks that are a little more plausible overall i like the system i like seeing how you don't level up your health and health and health because at the end of the day you're just a human you can see things that are that you've never seen before and it scares the shit out of you or makes you pause, makes you freeze. It may demoralize you, things along that line. It may cause you to freeze for a moment in combat. These are the kinds of things that we want to start bringing into our own homebrew stuff that we're doing. So, I agree with you, bro. I agree with you that the system is good. Um, it does need a little tweaking and fine-tuning here to expand the universe to a a multiplicity of choices that we all face when we role play i would like to see some way because like we were talking about a redemption arc there isn't any way for that to happen in this system once you've burned your bond it's gone and now if you could try to repair that bond but there's no mechanism for it the bond is gone the bond is gone you become adapted to violence or helplessness you burn all of your bonds there's nothing left for you to salvage and bring back there is no way for a redemption arc to happen Without the handler coming in and saying, okay, I'm going to allow you to do this. I'm going to allow you to make this role. I'm going to allow your character to reach out to this person and do something different that will enable you to rekindle this bond or whatever it happens to be. Um, See, and I think maybe therapy may find that redemption for the character. It might help them establish other bonds. <laughs> Sam's shaking his head. Plus, well, you got to remember, you, you, you do have a bond 
with the individuals that are part of your team too. So, well, yeah, and there's also in the in, in the agent's guide, uh, several addictions help you cope: cigarettes, smoking, alcohol, pills, yeah. whatever it happens to be. Those things will also help you cope. But again, is that how I'm getting along so well? So, is that how I'm getting along so well? <laughs> it would be interesting to see the the agents at some point go back to a place where they had operated. Maybe their brains are starting to trip and they're, they're thinking, okay, I'm losing a tangent here. I need to try to anchor myself. And the only way to do that is to start following the thread back through the ways that you had, that had brought you there, which may make that agent go back through Groversville may make you go back to the Wasatch mountains, may make you go back to the building crossway from San Onofre or all these other places or Tampa when you dealt with the, uh, the cabin the, and big bear. <laughs> yeah. Cabin and big bear too. You know, just, just things like that. And you know, what might happen if you go to a place and that place is no longer there, like, Oh shit, I need this place. Why is it not here? You know, what can mm -hmm. I touch to, <laughs> to bring that back? So, oh, you mean all right, collect something that helps you ground down, you in reality right. so that you know that it does happen, that it did happen and you're not insane. Didn't just dream. Yeah, about it. <laughs> I think that if Adesso had something like that, that might help him. They say that you could have bonds with living entities, but maybe if you had a bond with like a split personality, you know, nobody ever says oh. it. That's just a thought. Like what if your personalities started splintering and you're, you started developing a bond with that. And in the middle of something, you start arguing with yourself. Yeah. If even a one-sided argument. I had bonds with my other personalities, but they were all assholes. So I left them. <laughs> Either that or you go all token. They were never fixated on an object that becomes your precious. <laughs> what do you say, Junior? I thought everyone's points were good. I was thinking of like when he was when Tone was saying about touching reality. I was thinking of like Inception, where you had something that you knew was real, but that was like your only sense of of reality. But if you didn't have that object, then you didn't know what was real, whether you were still altered by the aliens or some unnatural force altering your mind state you know you have to have some kind of control over your mind and you have to be able to determine what's real or not like have something that affected your psyche before this last mission where you weren't certain of maybe have a collection of shit hidden that reminds you of a previous mission yeah which before you would have not had any knowledge of if, you know, if it was mind altering of some kind. Exactly. Yeah. Might be mm. why Odessa goes and fingers his little stuff in that box all the time. <laughs> yep. Got to be grounded in reality somehow. That was one of the things that uh, Kurt Russell and John Carpenter had raised when they were talking about the director's notes for the thing. The question they had posed was, if you were infected by the thing, would you know it? And the answer I think would be yes, because you're no longer human, you're the thing. So there couldn't be a dual personality. The thing always knows it's the thing, but they were saying, well, what if you didn't know? What if you were infected? Then there's no way for you to know. So you're still going around making all these decisions that would ultimately lead to the detriment of the, org the larger organism. How could you not know that? But it was an interesting question. So I'm thinking, yeah, all right, that's kind of cool. So what would you do in order to prevent that from happening? That it's that the way that some people will play D and D with, well, I disbelieve this is happening. 
all right, okay, fine. You just believe this is happening. And that's got a time in its place, but it's always an ad infinitum kind of thing. You can sit there and go and deny anything's happening. And then where does that stop and how? So I but figured, okay, I don't believe it that this is go on, bro. The takeover by the thing is not a passive takeover, though. Yeah. It's an aggressive takeover. So you may get infected and it's immediately attacking you. It might be the body going through a death throw, but it's also why the, the thing attacks somebody when they're separated, when they're alone. Right. Because it's going to be a takeover. It's going to take that fucking person out. Well, remember like when Norris got was... it in the storage room. Yeah, exactly. When Norris was in the storage room all alone, and he was, and he was going, ow, ow. That, he was changing, but he wasn't violently attacked. He just simply got a f infected and then wound no, no, that... up dying. No, he... You, I'm talking about Bennings, who was the Bennings, guy with oh. the hands. But when yeah. you talk about Norris, yeah. the thing had replicated him so perfectly that it actually gave him the heart condition. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the strenuous activity would have brought on that heart condition because it replicated that too. Right. So if, if the guy was like blind in one eye, mm -hmm. the thing would be blind in one eye. It would replicate it perfectly to a point. Right. Yeah. I saw this little meme and had like nine pictures of, of all the people in the movie, the thing, you know, like Bennings, Childs, McCready, Palmer, blah, 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 blah. And it, it was like one of those things where you, they're checking to see if you're a bot and it says, select all things. <laughs> I thought that was kind of cool. So I was like, yeah, that's bitch. Anyways, well, I think we touched well, base on just about fucking finding the tree you know it's like fuck or is there is that a tree or is that a bush <laughs> yeah. i think they're just i think if you select enough i think they're okay with it because one said today you know select everything with a motorcycle in it and i selected most of them and i wasn't sure if that mirror was in that top one or not so i'm like yeah fuck it i'm not gonna i'm not gonna do that fuck it and it took it and said okay you're one of the gang boy <laughs> but welcome to x hamster <laughs> um but i think that covers everything for convergence uh anybody have any other insights or inputs or grievances that you would like to was there, there an actual diary for uh jane allen when rice was looking underneath the dresser he found a blank spot like uh something was hidden yeah under there. that was that was, was her that was where her book was at and she did have a diary, but it's not in the in the AP. If that's what you're asking, oh, okay. That if was we something that I it, created. So, what would reveal out of the diary? If you were going through the diary, it would reveal her love interest with Spivey, and how she became pregnant, how she was arguing a lot with her parents, and how she had met Scott Adams, and he was going to help her get away, so that she could have her baby somewhere. And it would also talk about like. What Doctor Oba Chrisith had told her that it that he didn't believe that she was that far along when she really was. It would say things about how she was uncomfortable with how fast the fetus was growing, that there was something not right, and she could she was constantly eating, like it was constantly f hungry, and those kind of of entries were what would have been in that diary. Hmm. What are you if, eating? Yeah, <laughs> what is that? Yeah, she was just a. Uh, I think that her demise was imminent anyways. <clears throat> the moment that she had given birth to that creature, if they hadn't pulled it out of her, the mandibles probably would have ate its way out of her. So, yeah. 
Yeah, the, the, the whole Delta Green IP is quite grim. Uh, not a lot of people are supposed to survive, so that makes complete sense that, yeah, if she would have tried to carry the baby to term, it probably would have wound up killing her. Well, this is a perfect venue for me because as a as a DM or a GM, most of my NPCs don't make it anyways. In this <laughs> setting, Delta Green, dude, you shake hands with somebody, they immediately want to kill themselves or kill you or something. You said good morning to the sheriff, you became lifelong enemies. So, Well, this you can't play Delta Green like you play d and It's just not the same type of game. It's a completely different mindset. You know, I, I imagine like you guys are in the middle of a square of tables. Like there's tables all around you and they're all connected. And on each table are multiple chess sets with all the MPs on the other sides of those tables. And you guys are constantly moving these these pieces as you're going around. You know, every every NPC that you deal with, you're playing a chess game with to see whether or not they believe you, they're on your side, maybe they're leery of what you say, or maybe even they make the a, truth. Yeah, they're they're making a hum-int on, on you guys and stuff. And uh, as you start going around with that, eventually you start eliminating other people. Either you win them over or you checkmate them and take them out. You know, most, most people that you guys interact with, they rarely just go away. You know, you either, you either win them over or something happens where they become suspect of you. And that's usually where the line gets drawn. Like in a, hmm. what was it? A victim of the art when you guys befriended the, uh, the detective. And he was ride or die with you guys. He believed everything. He was, he was going with you guys everywhere you went to investigate all the murders and shit like that. And he was good until he went insane and basically drooled himself yeah. to death. So, yeah. yeah. He was yeah. ride and die. <laughs> <laughs> Playing Rook to H8 over here. But any other good questions like that? I like that one, Junior. Thanks. I, I just, because it was you, it was added in there and we never found the journal. So I was always curious if we found it, what it would end up leading us to. Or if it was just, you know, just another thing to chase. It was in her room with her. But she was left to the custodial of, uh, of those cleanup teams. And then they burned the motel down so whether she was able to grab it or not it got burned down and even if she was to grab it it, it the aliens may have taken it back to the farm and then the farm burned so plus it was todd's diary actually yeah yeah my dad's been touching me so <laughs> <laughs> i've been hiding in the closet <laughs> yeah well, overall it was fun boys yeah well i had a good time uh next ap lot number 27 so listeners stay tuned for that Yo. oh yeah baby yeah <laughs> all right say good night everyone good night good night, good night, good night. everyone keep the faith guys Odessa, you got the great you got the great bond building. I mean, you go move into Groversville, marry Mrs. Oakley, raise Steve as your own <laughs> son, and then eventually tell him that you blew his father's brains out in a dirty bathtub filled with a dead reporter. You know.
Eventually. Hey man, you're not my real dad. You can't tell <laughs> me what to do. Can't tell me Blow what him to away do. too. Yeah. Wipe that stain off the earth. <laughs> Thank you for joining us once again on Roll the Hard 20 Podcast. Remember, you can find us and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora Radio, iHeartRadio, Amazon Podcasts, and Audible. And if you like what you're listening to, be sure to leave us that five-star rating and review. Don't forget about our YouTube channel at Roll the Hard 20. So if you're into watching and you want to help support this show, then head on over and hit that subscribe button. It really does help the show out. We can also be found in the wild on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So don't forget to look for us there and check us out. You can also contact the show directly at RollTheHard20Podcast at gmail.com or head on over to the website at RollTheHard20Podcast.com where you can download the current show directly, pick and choose past shows from our archives, or view our galleries. We've got a lot of stuff posted over there, so check us out. And finally, join us on our Patreon at patreon.com slash RollTheHard20Podcast where you can become a hard slinger and pick up swag. So, until next time... Keep your dice warm and your glass topped off as you roll those hard 20s.